this morning, Proverbs chapter number 3, Proverbs chapter number 3 this morning, and uh, I want to read the first 12 verses, Proverbs chapter number 3, familiar uh, portion of scripture uh, because it is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, many have learned uh, in their youth, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And uh, familiar, uh, at least those three verses are, are two verses. Um, but I want to read the, the first 12 verses this morning. I'm echoey up here. Uh, I want to read the first 12 verses this morning. Let's stand a moment. And appreciate you being in church today and uh, trusting the Lord to help us in the preaching of His Word. I, I want to preach this morning uh, a, a message entitled, Some Knots That Will Keep Your Life Held Together. Uh, knots That Will Keep Your Life From Unraveling or Falling Apart. Uh, a lot of times we go through circumstances and we say, well, oh, everything's falling apart. And when in reality, it's not. It's just life. But then you can look around and see and honestly, an honest view and say, this person's life is literally unraveling before my eyes. Or maybe you could look in your own life and say, I, I, I can see where my life is literally falling apart. Nothing is working. My marriage, my money, my my job, my, my mind, nothing seems to be working. Everything is unraveling, it's falling apart. Uh, Proverbs 3, the Holy Ghost gives Solomon the wisdom to write and tell us about some knots that'll tie it all together. Some knots that'll keep it held together. If you'll apply them in your life. You might be this morning saying, man, everything's wonderful. You better keep these knots tight. Or it can fall apart. And certainly we don't want that this morning, do we? Uh, verse number one, I'll emphasize them when we come to them. Now, I know you're thinking of not, K-N-O-T, uh, but I'm talking about not, N-O-T. When we see them, same pronunciation, just different word. Verse number one, my son, here's the first, forget not. There it is, my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Here's the second one, verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Verse 5 is where we'll find the third. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not. You see that? Under thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Verse 7, here's the fourth. Be not... Wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. 
The fifth is found in verse number 9. Though you don't find the word not there, the principle is there. It would be rob not, as Malachi 3.8 said, would a man rob God? Or maybe hoard not, hold on, or keep not that which belongs to God. Verse 9, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Verse 11, here's the six, and there's others in the chapter, but this is where we'll end in verse 12. But here's the six, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth eat. He correcteth even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. That's all 12 verses. Let's pray and then the Lord will and I'll preach on some knots that will keep your life held together. Lord, we come before you this morning. We, we need you. I need you. Your people need you. God, you, you know the, the, the heart of the service. You know the needs of the service Lord, I pray that you would meet those needs. God, I pray, Lord, you'd help me to say that. That would be uh, expedient to the people of God. Help me to say that. That would be pleasing to God. Lord, give us wisdom as we study and preach the Word of God this morning. Lord, we'll thank you for it. We'll bless you for it. In Christ's name, amen. You can be seated this morning. I, I, I want to give you, and there's six of them, so I'll have to do it quickly. Uh, and I, I will do my best to do that this morning. Uh, these knots that will keep your life held together or will keep your life from unraveling. Uh, and it's, it's possible this morning that sitting in here are some folks whose life uh, seems to be unraveling. Everywhere you turn, it's like a, a thread in a piece of fabric has been nicked and it's just pulling out and the, the, everything is falling apart. Uh, and sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it seems like that. Maybe there's folks sitting in here this morning and as far as you can tell, life is going good. Life is as good as it's ever been and, and you've got all that you've ever desired or dreamed of and you say, well, I don't know that I really need that. Well, I want you to know this morning that uh, how quickly life can fall apart. I, I thought about and I thought about Adam and Eve there that one day in the Garden of Eden and all of them days leading up to that there in the presence of the Lord with the peace of God, in the blessings of God and yet one day changed the life and from that one day it would seem as if life never quit falling apart uh, on them. Uh, so many uh, illustrations in the Bible uh, of men or women who had it all together, it would seem. And, and uh, think about David and, and, and how David uh, was a man after God's own heart, the hand of God resting on David, the anointing power resting on David. But in a moment and in a day of weakness in David's life, 
it seemed that the sword and the Bible promised that never departed from David's life. All of the years after that, though he was forgiven, though he was clean, though God had washed him of that iniquity as he confessed it to the Lord, it seems as though David's life in many ways was unraveling. And so you might be sitting in here this morning and you say, God has brought me out of a horrible pit and my life is as good as it's ever been. But don't take for granted this morning uh, that it is just the mercy of God that it is not right now all unraveling in your life. And God help us this morning to apply principles that will keep our lives together. Uh, let, let's look at these six this morning. Verse number one, chapter number three, uh, Solomon writes to David and he said, My son, here's the first one, forget not. If you want to keep your life worth living uh, from falling apart, from unraveling, uh, then the first knot that needs to be tied in your life is that of forget not. I guess you could call the first knot the forget not. He said, I don't want you to forget my commandments. I don't want you to forget my word, my law. But rather bind them and hide them and keep them in thine heart. Uh, was it Psalm 119? The psalmist David said, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against God. Uh, we, we encourage in our Sunday school classes, we encourage in our school, we encourage in our church, learn the word of God, memorize the word of God. You'd be surprised, moms and dads, it might be worth you checking into with your own children. How many of the young people in our school uh, try to, every, every pace has verses and uh, they, they memorize them verses throughout the pace and when it comes test time, uh, part of their credit is them memorizing the verses. You'd be surprised at how well, how much better your children, many of them would do if they would get those extra uh, points for memorizing the verses. And yet even in a Christian school, so many uh, 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 really uh, have a, uh, such a low view of the Word of God. But I want you to know this morning that it is what the Holy Ghost said will keep your life held together. Uh, hide it in your heart. Forget not my law. Forget not my commandments. Uh, the, the emphasis is uh, that it goes beyond your head and into your heart. Uh, I, I think that's why church is important. I think that's why Christianity uh, in action is important because we are taking the truth of the Word of God and we are learning it, we are reading it, we are hearing from God's Word because it'll be in those moments in our life where temptation to sin or where uh, temptation to quit or to despair comes along that the Word of God that somewhere back yonder that was hid in our heart comes to us in that moment of rescue uh, in the most needed moments of our lives. How many of you can attest to the fact that 
uh, something that was preached to you as a child, something that was poured into you as a young person somewhere in your teen years or your adult life came echoing back in your heart and in your mind in the very moment that you needed it the most. It was there because it had been put there by the Word of God. He said, don't, don't, don't forget it. Uh, in a world of distraction, in a world of disbelief, in a world uh, uh, of disapproval of the things of God where all of, 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 of the world is in disagreeance with, uh, with the will of God and the goodness of God. Are you hearing me this morning? Uh, he said, hide my word, keep my word, hold my word in your heart. Do not forget it. You say, well, what's the purpose? Well, we'll look at that quickly in a moment. But I'd say to you this morning that it is in those moments where we like to forget the Word of God. We don't want to know what God has to say about what we're going to do. We don't want to know because what we want to do is what we want to do. And we don't want the preacher to say anything about it. We don't want parents to say. We don't want peers to say anything about it. Because in those moments we'd love to take the word of God and move it as far away from us as possible so that we might do that that we want to do. But David or Solomon said, but if you do that, uh, this this." This life is unraveling. And what, one of the greatest uh, reasons why we see it in our homes and in our families and in our churches and in our country is because America has forgotten the Word of God. Our homes have. We have Bibles and we're glad we've got them. And they've got more dust than our ceiling fan. We've got Bibles and we're proud to have Bibles. And we tell anybody in America, oh, we love our Bible. And yet our Bible is so loved that it has the distinct privilege to sit in the same spot week after week after week after week as a trophy on display that is never uh, brought to life in our life. We pick it up to carry it to church. Many of us. Some don't even remember to bring it to church. He said, thy word have I hid in mine heart. Mom and dad, you have a responsibility to, to, to incline them and to encourage them. Uh, husbands with wives, wives with husbands. Read the word of God, know the word of God. That's not just cliche. It will keep your life from unraveling and falling apart. Here's what he said, if you do. Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Watch this, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. I'm just going to make mention of this this morning. Here's the principle. If you'll live your life according to the word of God, this simple principle, Obviously, there are exceptions to every rule, and there's a lot of young people that were godly and lived clean, and God took them out of this world early. But the principle, the principle is there that if you'll live your life according to the will of God, if you'll live your life to honor the Word of God, if you'll live your life by the commandments of God, he said, uh, then the principle is length of days, long life, and peace. And, and the contrary to that is, is, if you want to go out and be a rock star, most of them don't live past 30. 
And that's proven statistic. Most of them, it is a life that is, uh, that is lived uh, contrary to the will of God and they die in a drunken or a drug-induced coma or, or a wreck. Or uh, If you want to live your life in perversion, it'll kill you. Disease and sin and all of those things are killing you. And, and though there may be some who've lived that life and lived a long time, though there may be some who've lived their life according to the will of God and died early, the principle is, is honoring God's word, obeying God's word, will lengthen your life and make it worth living. Ah, length of days, long life, and peace. And I love how the Holy Ghost put peace on the end of that because length of days and long life is not always what you want. If you're living your life uh, in, in turmoil, maybe sometimes, and we see it all the time, we hear about it, folks take their life. Why would they do that? Because the life that they were living did not seem worth living to them. And the last thing that they want to do is live any more in a life without it being worth living. But the Lord said, but if you'll live it for me, if you'll live it according to the word of God, if you'll honor God with your life, if you'll honor the word of God, if you'll obey the word of God, I know you think uh, that God's really trying to cramp your style, but if you'll live your life, he, he said it, it will cause your life to be longer, uh, lengthen your days, and that those days might be filled with peace. And oh, isn't it wonderful this morning, having known the opposite of that, to be able to say, I understand what it is to live my life in the peace of God and the joy that comes along with that. If your life's falling apart this morning, why don't you open the Word of God and see what God has to say to your life? If your life is not falling apart and all things are going well, why don't you get the Word of God and lean on it and trust it and read it and love it and learn it and meditate on it that God might direct thy steps. And we know the Bible said that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The length of days, long life, and peace. If you'll forget not. That's a night that needs to be in your life. If your children play video games, limit the time. And encourage somewhere in there, let's read the Bible. Go to your room, get your Bible, let's read it. And you read it, let them read it. Why, 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 why is there anything wrong with that? You encourage them to wash the dishes, you encourage them to do chores among the house, around the house. Encourage that. Forget not my law. My commandments. Now let's look at the second one. Verse 3. Let not mercy. There's the second one. The, the, there's the forget not, number one. Now there's the let not. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. If you were here on Wednesday nights, you remember just a little while back we preached on, we're preaching through the Sermon on the Mount and I preached on the uh, the, the beatitude of blessed are the merciful. And here's the response to that. They shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And, and, and the Holy Ghost says in Proverbs chapter number 3, Let not mercy and truth 
forsake thee. I, I, I'd say to you, and I preach mercy like this, it is compassion in action. And I would say to you, for the sake of alliteration this morning, that, that, that mercy is helpfulness. And truth is honesty. And Solomon said, my son, if you want your life held together, if you want your life livable, if you want your life to be productive, then don't let helpfulness, mercy, and don't let honesty, truth, depart from your life. Keep that. We are a self-centered, egotistical generation our life, if it don't make me happy, I ain't doing it. If it, don't, if it don't please me, I ain't doing it. If it gets contrary to what I want to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. And he said, but I want you to know that if you want your life held together, if you want your life to be worth living, then hold on to mercy. Not just the mercy you've received, but the mercy that comes from your life as you put compassion in action and do something for someone else for the glory of God. And honesty. Folks would rather lie to you than just as well lie to you and look at you. It comes so easy. And it does. It comes so easy to Christians. And I know you'd lie to me and tell me it don't come easy to you, but it does. Folks will make up a story just to make themselves look good. Folks will make up something just to cover their tracks. We lie to the boss, we lie to the church, we lie to the people, we lie to our family, we lie to everyone. And he said, that's a downward spiral, that's an unraveling. If you want to live life, then be helpful and be honest. Do something that you do for somebody else just because it is the right thing to do. Not because you're getting paid. My goodness, everybody has got to get paid to do something. Why do you got to draw a check before you do something? Oh, why can't you do something that is helpful to somebody knowing you'll never in this life get a return from them on that? Well, you didn't do nothing for me. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Make it a part of, thy, of, of your life. Passion and action, mercy. Be honest. Be helpful. That'll hold your life. That'll make your life worth living. Train your children to be that way. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Oh, I, I, want, I want my life to be worth living. I want my life to be to be used by God. I don't want to live all of these days and get to the end and, and find out that none of it mattered. None of it was purposeful. Everyone in here this morning, one of these days you're going to stand before God. And if you're saved, you're headed for the, for the judgment seat of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 3 says that all of our works are not, are not, this is not judgment for those that are lost. That's the great white throne judgment. I will not be there because 30 years ago the Lord saved me and I'm a part of the bride of Christ. Hallelujah to God. Aren't you glad to be saved this morning? But I tell you, it's a fearful thing. 
To know that there's coming a day that my motives and my purposes of life are going to be cast into that fire of judgment. And it's not checking whether I'm saved or not or whether my good outweighs my bad, but whether I have done anything in my life that was by faith for God with not any ulterior motives. Just to please Him. As all of that self, Burned up as wood, hay, and stubble. And all of that pride is burned up as wood, hay, and stubble. All of those testimonies, many of them good, but many of them of my own, wood, hay, and stubble. A lot of our testifying sounds like the, uh, was it the Pharisee? He said, Lord, I thank thee that I am not like this publican over here. He's a sinner, but not me. <laughs> and all of that is burned up. And you say, well, Lord, I did this, and I preached. And he said, yeah, you did that for you. And I testified, and yeah, you did that for you. And I did this, yeah, you did that. And I went to church, yeah, you did that to save face. And I gave twice a year, uh, a little, yeah, and you did that because you didn't want to feel guilty, or have a guilty conscience. And all the things that we do for us, and it burns up, and we have nothing in our hands to bring the Lord. We have nothing in our hands to lay down at His feet. Find out that all that we were doing was to help us and honor us. Are y'all hearing me this morning? And Solomon said, Son, you want your life to be worth something? You want to get to the end of your days and to say, Boy, it's been a good one. Then don't you forsake mercy and truth. You be a helpful man and you be an honest man and you look a man in the eyes and know that you've been honest and you be honest with God and you be honest with your peers and you be honest with those around you and you do something that is beneficial for others and that will not die with you. It will not. I'm 38, I'm young, but not as young as I once was. And I feel it in my mind. I'm at a point in life where I realize that wherever I'm going, I'm about halfway there. Some of you are further along, some of you are further behind. Me and Brother Mike were eating lunch Friday, and it was good. He bought it, and it was even better. Lunch is good and somebody else buys it, it's better. We ate lunch and we were talking. And he said, I wasted, is that all right if I, I wasted so many years. He said, I don't want to waste any more. And I said, they go by quick too, don't they? I said, you turn around and you thought what you were going to do was only going to be a little while and you turn around and 20, 30 years later you're doing the same thing. He said, you got that right. Wherever I'm going, and what I mean by that is whatever age I'm headed to, 
I hope it's about 98 years old, if I'm healthy and in my right mind. If I'm like Brother Dan, I'm going to just keep on living. Wherever I'm going, I'm getting close, if not already there, to halfway there, and I may be already beyond that. I want what I've done to count. You hear me this morning. I don't want it all unravel and all fall apart because it was selfish. It was self-centered. It was self-serving. But I want to be helpful and I want to be honest. And here's what he says. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. And here's what verse 4 says. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God man. Let me ask you a question this morning. Has God given you favor? You probably can't answer that out loud in your heart. Maybe you can. Has God shown favor to you? Do men show favor to you? Because that's of the Lord. Favor, good understanding from God and man. You say, well, I, boy, God seems to favor that fellow. God seems to really favor it. So do men and women. They, they favor them. And, and, and look at that young lady. Sure does, does look like God's put a whole lot of favor in their life. Everywhere they go, there's favor. God's blessing and God's breathing and God's working and God's using. And, and men and women favor and God favors. You know the kind of people that live in that favor? People that give of themselves and that are honest in their giving and in their living. Self-centered, self-righteous people do not receive favor from other people. So I'd ask you this morning, has God shown you favor? And is God showing you favor? And do people in your life, does it seem they're all against you? Or everywhere you turn, there's somebody favoring you. Let's, let's look. We've got to hurry because we've we got to get all six. Let, let's look at the next one this morning. Verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Here's another not. not number one is the forget not. Not number two is the let not. Don't allow mercy and truth to forsake thee. Keep it close. Be honest. Be helpful. God will send people that will favor you, and God will favor you. Verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Lean not. The third night that I want you to see, and this is a kicker. I mean, this is one that gets us. Because it is your nature to lean on your own understanding. Your reason. Your way of thinking. Well, I think. That'll get you in trouble. Well, I believe. That'll get you in trouble too. You hear that a lot in the religious world. Well, I just don't think God. Well, it don't matter what you think. What does the Bible say? 
Well, I just don't see how God, and you fill in the blanks. And that's what some folks even in here, you think. I just choose to believe. <laughs> well, more power to you. That won't get you very far because God never did write in His Bible. Go by what you choose to believe and by what you think and lean on your own understanding. But He said, if you don't want this thing to unravel, if you don't want it to fall apart, you better quit leaning on what you feel, what you think, and what you want. You prop yourself up on your own understanding. and Lean on what you think. I promise you, you're surely destined to fall. Y'all hear me? Lean not on thine own understanding. But in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Here's what he said he'd do. He shall direct thy path. You lean on what you think. Here, here's a good one. What do you think I ought to do? What's your heart telling you to do? Follow your heart. Well, that sounds great. And it sold Dr. Phil and Oprah Winfrey. That's made them a lot of money. More power to them. I wouldn't mind some of what they got. I just couldn't lie to everybody to get it. But they may not be lying. They're telling probably what they think is the truth. But I got a Bible. And the Bible said, lean not unto your own understanding. And the Bible said that your heart is desperately wicked above all things. And who can know it? Your heart will get you in trouble. Your heart will get you married to somebody you ought not be married to. Your heart will get you in the back seat of a car with somebody that you've got no business with. Your heart will get you out of church. Your heart will get you in trouble. Your heart is wicked. God said, don't follow your heart. Don't lean on your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. Don't lean on your reason. Don't lean. But lean rather on the Word of God. Find out what God said. Find out what God wants. He'll tell you. Lean on that. In all thy ways acknowledge Him. I'll tell you what we do. We get in any kind of a bind and we sit around and try to figure out what am I going to do. And when we get done trying to figure out what we're going to do, we call 12 people and ask them what they think we ought to do. And they don't know no better than you do. And I'm not against counsel. Counsel can be good, but counsel can also be terrible. And God's people can give bad counsel. And the very last person in this world we're going to go to is, Lord, what do you want me to do? And you know why? Because we know what we want to do. And we're going to ask ten people in hopes that they're going to tell us to do what we already decided we were going to do. And God is an inconvenience that's going to get in the way. And if I think it up, and if I want to do it, all I need is one or two of y'all to say that's a good idea. And I can go with confidence. Well, I thought it. And they agreed with me. Let's do it. In all thy ways, acknowledge him.
Lord, I've been leaning on my own understanding. I've been leaning on what I want to do. And I got a million props that's been propping me up. Because people love telling you to do what they would do. Because it makes them feel better about what they're doing. And the Lord said, You're leaning the wrong way. You cut a tree down. You cut a notch in that tree, right? And you do that so that when you come around on the backside, when that tree begins to lean, it's going to lean the way that it's notched. Hopefully. How many of you ever had one go the different direction? Oops. Uh-oh. The reason why everything's always unraveling, because that's the way it's been notched. That's the way it's leaning. And if it's going to fall, I sure would rather fall on the Lord, because I was leaning on Him. Fall in the arms of grace, because I was leaning on God, than to fall on my reason and my logic and my understanding and my heart. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And here's what he said. It's a promise. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. He said, if you'll just ask me, I'll tell you what to do. If you'll just lean on me, I'll give you wisdom. If you just confront me about it, I'll ease your heart. I'll let you know. You know because I'll let you know. Lean not. Our own understanding. Let's look at the fourth one quickly. Y'all okay? Verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Be not. The fourth not is the, the be not. Be not wise in thine own eyes. And it kind of goes along with lean not into thine own understanding. Be not wise in thine own eyes. That is you coming to the place where you don't think you need God. And you say, well, that's not me. Let me ask you a question. I want you to hear me. Let me ask you a question. How long has it been since you read your Bible? Don't answer how long has it been since you've prayed? Be not wise in thine own eyes. If you don't pray, it means you think you can do it. If you don't study or read the Word of God, it means that you think that you don't need it. And it ain't just young people that don't do it. It isn't just young men and young ladies that don't do it. There's grown people in this church. I love you. God loves you. And I've been one of them that hadn't read your Bible. You've not prayed. You've not sought God. You've not slowed down a second and said, God, what do you think? You're wise in your own eyes. You don't need counsel. Honestly, you don't need church. You don't need preaching. You don't apply it. You don't appreciate it. 
You don't put anything in to, to, to be a part of it, whether financially or prayerfully or supportively. You don't need it. The father sits down with his son or his daughter and they say, I know, I know, I know. They don't need it. The mother sits down and talks and says, let me talk to you. They say, well, I know. You don't have to. What they're saying is, I don't need it. A friend says, I know what you're going to say. You don't need it. Because you're so wise. But if you want to have together, then you better get that be not wise in thine own eyes. And here's what he said will happen. It'll be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. What, what does that mean quickly? We've only got a couple more and we'll be done. What does that mean? Health to thy navel. He said, if you quit thinking you know everything and you'll let God teach you and you'll let God's people teach you, health of thy neighbor, that's where when a child, and we'll not be gross, but when a child is in the womb of its mother, it is connected by that, by that, to that mother by umbilical cord in its navel, its belly button. And from that supplies and flows all the nourishment that that baby needs. Through that umbilical cord. Nourishment. He said, God said, I've got some nourishment for your life, but you don't think you need it. Am I talking to anybody this morning? You don't think you need it. And you're starving. You don't think you're needed. And and you're, you're depleted. I remember a couple years ago when I got sick and it was so gradual. My, my hemoglobin levels had dropped from like 14 to 6. But it was over such a gradual time I really never noticed that. I just didn't feel good. But I just thought, man, getting older stinks. It's rough. Uh... And then people started saying, you look kind of yellow. Like, well, I guess that's the new tan. I don't know. Uh, I was preaching in Jamestown, Tennessee, and a couple preachers told me. And my wife had already told me that. You kind of look a little yellow. I didn't know. I don't know what that means. Okay. Thanks. And I was up there preaching, and, and one of them came up to me and said, are you, are you all right? You kind of look a... A little yellow. I don't know, but boy, I tell you, when he said what she had said, it, I mean, it gets up there in your head, you know. I didn't know. I'm scared to death of doctors, so I thought, well, this is just my new color, I guess. Unless I have to go, I'm not going. I remember we were out working on, on the fence, and I'd gone to the doctor because I was getting prepared to have a surgery, and I'd gone to the doctor... And they called me Saturday. And it scared me. Because doctors don't call you on Saturdays. And they called me and they said, Mr. Williams. I said, yeah. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm building fences. He said, building fences. 
I said, yeah. He said, I don't know how you're standing. I said, what do you mean? Oh, I don't know that I've ever had any more fear. He said, uh, your hemoglobins are six. Well, if I know what a hemoglobin was, that would help me or hurt me one, but I didn't even know what's a hemoglobin. Huh. He said, it's supposed to be, it's your blood oxygen level. It's supposed to be like 14 for a man your age and your size, and he said, it's half that. He said, which means you have half the strength of a man ought to have. He said, and it affects your oxygen, your breathing, your functions. I don't know how you're walking. He said, you need to get to the emergency room immediately. I, I, I remember thinking, I, well, I know I ain't felt all that great, but I'm still going on. And I, 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 what I'm trying to tell you is I didn't realize how sick I was. I didn't realize how bad I was. And I remember they got me there in the emergency room and, 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 and they got me back there. They rushed me ahead of people. They got me back there. I was by myself because honestly, I, I thought I'd be there and come right back. And they brought me into that room and they said, we're going to have to give you blood tonight. You're, in, you're in right above desperation. We're going to give you blood tonight. I didn't like the feeling of that, you know. I remember they hooked me up to that IV and they pumped two pints of blood into me. And they said, now you're going to feel it. And immediately I felt it. I felt life that I didn't know I was losing pouring back into me. I felt it. I didn't realize that I didn't have it. I felt it coming back into me. In the days to come, my skin changed. The color, the, I'd, I'd, I'd pull up my skin and it wouldn't bounce back. My eyes had, were white on the, where they're supposed to be red. I didn't realize it. But when that nourishment my body needed. I felt like a brand new man. And what I'm trying to tell you is you're, maybe not you, but maybe you are bankrupt. Your tears are dried up. Your worship is dried up. Your giving is dried up. Your attendance is dried up. Your service is dried up. Your prayer is dried up. Your faith is dried up. Your hope is dried up. Your peace is dried up. Are you hearing me this morning? Your joy is dried up. And you have lived like that for so long that you don't realize it. But the Holy Ghost called this morning on a Sunday and said, you need to get to the emergency room. You need to get to the altar. You need to get to the Word of God so that nerve is flowing through your life again. Don't keep walking around thinking that you've got this. Be not wise in thine own eyes. He said, and merit thy bones. Proverbs 14.30, I believe it is, maybe Psalms, one of the two, or this Proverbs 14.30 says that envy, the Bible calls envy the rottenness of the bones. 
said, your bones are rotten. David said, my bones dried up. My bones waxed old. When I withheld and when I would not confess my sin, he said, my bones waxed old within me. But the Lord said, if you be not wise in your own eyes, it'll be nourishment and it'll be marrow to thy bones, strength. I want to give you these other two, but I, I think I'll give you the invitation this morning. Maybe next Sunday we'll finish these other two if the Lord let us. Has the Holy Ghost physician called you this morning and said you're weak? You had a nourishment, life. Everything's dried up. Because you thought you didn't need me. Come on, Lieutenant. But you do need me. Daddy, you do need the Lord. Mama, you still need him. Well, I'm hurt, some might say. Young people, well, I'm hurt, or I'm angry, or I'm bitter, or I'm busy. You need him. You need him. You need what the Lord has. You need him. Let's stand this morning. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Help us as we as we apply it, as we respond to it. These knots that'll keep our lives held together. Keep them from unraveling. Lord, help us, I pray.